Welcome everyone to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. And we have uh, some really fun weeks coming up. We've got the ACL Canada opening happening this weekend. We've got our first national the next weekend. Lots of fun stuff to dive into. Um, but before we do that, anything exciting, cornhole related, anything going on this weekend for you guys? Nothing too bad. Anthony was here end of last week. Anthony came yeah. down. He's he was in the he was in the HQ. We were filming some content. Nice. Mish, I, walk, Anthony, I walked into, I walked into the HQ. Nobody there. That's weird for me. That's weird <laughs> for me because I've always been there during Worlds, right? It's true. Walk into this thing. Nobody. I was like, oh wow, I've never seen the HQ like this. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, and Anthony, I got to I got to watch Anthony do like 500 takes of Cornhole 101. It was, oh yeah, you got to see you got to see what it's like when we don't get to riff off, you know, just be able to talk about. We had to actually write, read scripts and do that kind of thing. It's not as fun. Not as fun. Yeah. Yeah, like teleprompters and stuff. Oh no! No, no, we, we don't. Top we, of your head. Yeah, he's got. <laughs> he's an athlete. He'll make adjustments. <laughs> Just wondering how sophisticated we were getting. That's all. <laughs> no, maybe that's one cool. day we'll get a teleprompter, but not anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's actually a skill in itself. I've heard. I've never used one, but I heard like reading teleprompters without looking like you're reading a teleprompter is its own skill set. So we'll see. We'll see if we get that. So is so is operating one because you got to control the speed. You can't be going too fast or too slow. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's 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 an effort. That's true. That's all. Yeah, when I do the when I do the cornhole science videos, I have like a you know like a forty font printout just right behind the the you know it's just bullets so that as I'm talking it just kind of keeps me organized when I take a peek. Um, but this one was like you know Haley would be like, all right, tell me how to throw a flat back go, and I'm like, oh, uh, 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 I mean I've, I've talked about it a thousand times, but you know when you're talking to someone, sometimes you you know, you, you want your words to be clean and you want to say the whole thing without like rephrasing the same thing twice or going back to the beginning. Yeah. So, you know, you'd get about two sentences in and you just didn't like how that went. You're like, yeah, all right, let's do that again. Let's try that again. <laughs> <laughs> so we kept doing that over and over again, but yeah, it's uh, off well, the top of the head there. Can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm sure it's going to come out great. We won't even notice. Can't how wait many to see the outtakes. Oh, the outtakes. Oh yeah. All I don't, about I, the pictures. The cornhole science outtakes have a lot of F-bombs, but I kept it clean in the HQ. I kept it clean. <laughs> <laughs> that should be good. All right, let's go ahead and get into the, the Canada Open number one in Niagara Falls. Uh, this is going to have over 25,000 in payouts, 160 double teams, 117 singles. What do you guys think? Who's standing out to you? Who should we look out for? We'll start with you, Trey. Yeah, the Canada Open, you know, I was there last year, right? It was kind of this 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 tentpole flagship event, like it was the it was the big thing coming to Canada and it was it was cool to be a part of and uh it was smaller than a lot of our other opens, but it still felt like you kind of walked in the building and you kind of felt like okay, this is like a big deal. Like something's happening here, which was which was really cool and really special and I and I said it on this show last year when we did it, it was like one of the really cool and interesting things was that like how much people like it was like going back in time here in the United States a few years to a point mentally where players were just getting involved and just getting started. And I think one of the comments I made was like, I'd never seen so many sub six PPRs and people smiling. 
right? And that was it was like really cool to experience. But like, and so now what I'm I can't wait to see is like Canada starting to grow so much. And I hear about hear about all these reports and everything of you know people are really starting to get good. People are really starting to grow. Things events are getting bigger and bigger. And that's I think that's just exciting to see how the evolution of of Canada, you know, and Canadian cornhole continues to grow. So that's like one big theme and one thing I'm really excited to watch, even if it's just through live streams, just understanding what I'm seeing there. But there's going to be a lot of pros this year that are going up there. I mean, this is it's it's going to be a different vibe, right? Last year, I think maybe there were ten pros, maybe that went up there to to participate in the open. This year, there's there's a good. Uh, I don't know if Anthony's actually counted, but to me, there looked about to be twenty to twenty five pros going up to the event and some big names, um, you know, recently added Ryan Smith is going to be going up there. I think he's probably the headliner, maybe one of the favorites that's going to be going up there and making the trip. But obviously Jordan power swept this event last year, Jordan power looking to kind of repeat what he did. Um, all eyes are kind of on him. He's coming off of a big doubles win alongside Jay Rubin in the great lakes conference event, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, you're still going to get your Miranda Coy and Lori Duell. They went up there last year. It was really fun, and I think they made a good impression up there in Canada, and they're, they're going to kind of see if they can win that again. That's when Lori Duell won women's up there. I mean, that was a big win for her as far as being a women's singles player, so she's going to see if she can she can do that again. But as I look through this list, like I said, there's there's a lot of strong names on there. Joe Neistat, Anthony will talk a little bit about, I'm sure, but um, this is – this feels more competitive this year. This feels like a higher level from top to bottom. And certainly we're going to get a real, like last year, I don't think we were saying to ourselves, Ooh, how are the Canadians going to shape up? Right. Because we knew it was still so new this year. It kind of more has that feel, right? I think there are a lot of Canadian advanced level players and maybe, you know, teetering on that upper echelon that are really going to use this as a benchmark to say, okay, some of these top Americans are going to be coming north of the border. Let's use this as a measuring tool to see how good we really are. So I think that's the cool, you know, exciting theme for the weekend. I'd like to see all the women too. I mean, we got Sam Finley, we got Bella. Uh, a lot of the women are going to be Yeti Irwan. So it's going to be a tough field for the women for sure. What, what are your thoughts, Anthony? Yeah, I think the measuring stick comment was perfect. I mean, for me, the takeaway is going to, we know Joe Neistead, Ryan Smith, Kano, these guys are going to be, up at the top of, you know, they're going to be deep into these brackets. But what I'm going to be looking for is what names are sprinkled in there that we just don't know, or we don't say on a, on a frequent basis. Um, I'm going to be looking into some stats, just curious, you know, do we see players making it deep with a dirty style, low PPR, high DPR game? Do we see a lot of high PPR style things? So I'll be looking a little bit in that, but mostly at wins and losses, you know, maybe some one-on-one matches. Does someone, get a win against a Timmy Jonas or a humans that we don't recognize. So I think that's it. That's what this is all about is it is that measuring stick for me um, to see what Canada has to bring. But you mentioned a lot of those names, uh, uh, Trey, I think Timmy Jonas, you know, coming in, I feel like he is, is really trending up right now um, in, in, in the league and in his game. Um, I'd like to see him come out and maybe surprise us with, with a, with a bracket final or something like this. Um, Storm Hogue, I don't think, I'm not sure you meant Jay Dotson, Gabe Dolan. These guys are going to be in singles and doubles. I think in this type of, uh, audience, 
maybe they can make a run uh, at it, uh, like you were saying. Some of the women, Yeti Irwan coming in pretty hot, along with Samantha Finley. Really excited to see how the women's – are we going to have a women's-only event out there for this one? Yes. Okay, cool. That, that'll be kind of cool to see how these ladies are going to measure up specifically. We keep saying Yeti's name. We expect her to come out and, and do really well. Can she do it in, in this environment? Um, on the double side, though, it's going to be pretty tough. You've got your Neistat and Shermerhorn uh, together. You've got Hogue and Eubens. Um, you know, they're kind of up in that same area in the Northeast. Good buddies. They're going to be pretty tough. Uh, Ferreira and Powell really standing out for me right now in doubles. Jordan Power coming off of a, a heater in conference uh, this past weekend. He looked really, really good, specifically in doubles. Did well in singles as well with Ferreira, who we know is trending up. Um, and I know Power is excited to to team up with him uh, in this event here. He's already announcing it on, on Facebook uh, that he's pumped for. I think they're going to be tough, a tough team. I don't think we've ever seen them team up before. At least I can't recall that one. Um, another one that's catching my eye here. Ryan Smith and Jamie Fincham, only because of what Jamie did recently, a name that probably isn't known nationally, but we're talking about a guy that came out and beat Devin Harbaugh recently in a conference event, um, teaming up with Ryan Smith, who's absolutely, I don't know if you guys saw some numbers this, this past weekend on that match between Ryan Smith and Devin Harbaugh, but unbelievable. Ryan Smith is playing, playing just elite level right now, better than I've ever seen him play before. So I think they're going to be pretty tough. Uh, Finley and McBride one, teaming one, up. Yep. One comment I'll add in there is Ryan Smith and Jamie Fincham played the last Open together when they were in Winter Haven, and they took down Jamie Graham and Matt Guy playing together. Boom. There you go. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do, and you have a, a pro with with an amateur on that one there. But um, what do you think? What do you think, Misha? Anything else standing out for you? You know, I, I was like I was saying earlier, I think the women's event's going to be really interesting to watch, mostly just because I do see a lot of names in the women's that I recognize. It, you know, go, it's, I'm kind of going in blind with a lot of the other people. I have no idea what to expect, but I know Nicole Pratt's been putting in a lot of work. I'm curious yes. to see if she can make a deep run there in the women's bracket um, with all those women pros that are coming. Um, but yeah, really, really interested to see this all play out with a bunch of people that I've, I'm not familiar with. And I think we could see a storyline where somebody jumps out like, who is this person? Obviously, the Canadians are going to know these people, but uh, some of us are not less familiar. So it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, and I, I exciting. yeah. And there, there's, you know, from the for those looking at it to see who some of the top Canadians are. I mean, the really the headliners are going to be your couple that are pros. And then there are a few PDC players that are going to be, a lot of people are going to have their eyes on there. Right. So Brandon Brown was kind of, was, was a, a PDC player last year. He'll be on the show a little bit later today. He, I mean, he's obviously going to be at the top as who you would expect to be a top finisher on the Canadian side. You throw in there, uh, Connor, Connor Weiss, you know, he has been someone that won the Canadian pro qualifier. So, at this point, when you put all the Canadians together in one single event, he came out on top of that. So that's another person that people are going to have their eyes on to say, okay, who are some of these top you know, talents? And it's crazy to say out loud, but it's the truth. Like you legitimately as an American need to start watching some of these events and say to yourself, who are going to be the main you know, opponents and people that you need to watch out for when cornhole becomes an Olympic sport, right? Yeah. There's going to be a few years down the road when we're looking at ourselves going like, how does the American national team match up against the Canadian national team, right? 
Now, there are, I'm certainly I'm, I'm, I'm certain that there's going to be some people that we haven't seen yet, right, as the game continues to grow in Canada. But one thing is for certain is I know for a fact that there's going to be at least one or two people on that future Canadian national team that we'll see at this event and see and maybe they're just getting started or maybe they're they're one of these top players that we're talking about. So uh, Bernie Portolesi is also going to be a top player. You know, he's you know a PDC player that he'll, he'll be competing up there. We've also seen like Dion Cusa and Albert Parsons and um, Tracy and, and all these all these different names out there, right? That we're going to have an opportunity to really see how they how they stack up. And so those are just a few of the names that I think a lot of Americans should be paying attention to at least this weekend. Awesome. Well, we will look forward to all of that. Uh, also coming up here is the news around the league. We had a few things happen over the weekend. The Great Lakes Conference number two. We had the Georgia State Championship and we had the Mountain South Conference number two. For the Great Lakes Conference, singles went to Stephen Bernisette, who uh, beat Jeremy Frazier. And then in doubles, Jordan Power and Jay Ruman win over Stephen Bernisette and Ryan Windsor, the roommates. Uh, so those are some big wins there. I mean, we've talked about the Power Ruben team and did one of you not put them on the top 10 or did we all put them on the top 10? Now I can't remember. Uh, I think we all put them in the top 10. Um, I think I had them at number nine, which they didn't okay. like. <laughs> okay, got it. So maybe, maybe that inspired the win this weekend. We don't know. But um, yeah, thoughts about the Great Lakes Conference, Trey? Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, it, it certainly makes me feel better about Power and Ruben, right? That yeah. was, I think we all said the same thing, right? We were worried, right? We weren't seeing them in opens. And the very limited opens that we were seeing them in, they were not finishing anywhere near the top. And that was that was worrisome to all of us, right? I mean, I know you can blame it on partner and partner, but the last time I saw Jordan Power in person was in Winter Haven, and he was in tier two doubles with Tom Walter, right? That does not speak, that does not speak confidence into a reigning world doubles champion. Now. I say all that to say, to see them compete at a high level, to see who Jay Rubin beat in singles, to see who this team beat in doubles, especially when you pair Ryan Windsor with Steven Bernasette, who won the whole thing, and they were able to take them down, makes me feel a lot, a lot, a lot better about the uh, doubles team of power and Rubin. Anthony, your thoughts? Yeah, so Bernasette wins his bracket going through Jay Rubin in the final, but check this out, Jay Rubin, uh, he took a second round loss to Joe Neistead and then went on a tear. He won 10 straight matches to get back to the championship. Check out. He goes through a Shram. He goes through Shermerhorn, Windsor, Neistead on the rematch, gets Bernisette in the first scoop of that final, and then it came down to a 21-17 to final uh, against Bernisette where Benis Bernisette took that one. So we keep talking about committed pro players in this game. Bernisette now this season – a committed pro player, and he is playing just like it's his job. Um, I think he's coming into the uh, into into the Natty one really, really hot. I wouldn't be surprised. We're not talking Bernisette right now in singles as much. This dude could blow us all away and really have a solid run at Natty one. Um, in the other bracket, it was Jordan Power and and Frazier who fought for the king seat. Um, Jordan Power uh, threw completely lights out in this tournament. I was talking about that one a little bit earlier. So I think he's coming into the Canadian Open really hot. But it was the silent slayer, Cedro Herrera, that comes out of the loser's bracket to challenge Frazier uh, in that final. Herrera is just 
He's always off radar. He's barely he's, in any tournaments. He's so quiet. Like, he's so damn guy? good. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, he, the, the dude must just be repping quietly by himself. I mean, you're not going to come out and, and play like this if you're not throwing bags every day. So he must be just be repping quietly, making progress on his own. Um, but Frazier, I mean, he continues to be an elite-level player in the 2023 season. We keep saying his name. Wins a bracket here. Um, it, the Great Lakes in general. The talent is it's unreal. It may be arguably the best conference. I know that Florida might come in. You know, that lower level might come in. The, the Carolinas might come in. But Great Lakes uh, currently certainly in that discussion. Um, so check this one out. And this is how deep that conference is. And to note, this is a conference, right? It's not an open. It's not a national. So you would expect some of those names to do really well. Ryan Windsor, fifth in his bracket. There's two brackets. So essentially, he's kind of in that 10th range. Jeremy Shermerhorn, 7th in his bracket. Dave Sutton, ninth. Vojanov, who requested to be cut because he didn't make the TV. He wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't see a vision of him making it on TV. 13th in his bracket. Singleton, 13th. Courtney Coy, 17th. We got Trevor Kufis, who was a top 15% player last season, 17th in his bracket. And then you got a Brian Schramm, uh, who pled his case about not being in the draft, got drafted. 25th place. So, hey, the Great Lakes, they're packed with talent. Uh, arguably one of the best conferences. And that doesn't even include Richards and Lopez who weren't at the event. That's Boom. True. Good call. <laughs> that's true. That call. is oof, that's a tough one. Are going into the Georgia State Championship, singles went to Clint Parham and second went to Hunter Claxton. For doubles, Jeremiah Hector and Clint Parham and De Devin Keene and Caleb Chambers were your winners there. Uh, Trey, any thoughts on the Georgia State Championship? Yeah, real quick, uh, to be honest, I don't know a lot about Clint Parham. Now I'm paying attention to him. You sweep a state, yes. you win both singles and doubles, I'm going to pay a little bit more attention. So he's got he's got my eyes there. And then uh, another appearance of that Devin Keene name. Yes. This guy yes. Keeps, name keeps popping up. Just wanted to, you know, as we look forward to potential pros for next season, someone that I'll have my eyes on. Anthony? Yeah, Trey said it. Uh, we should we should mention Hector as well. You know, one of the the high PPR rookies coming in. He was he was kind of high up on the draft list that we thought would go uh, pretty early. So we see his name again. So again, national one. I can't wait to get out to Corpus Christi. I have like a list of people that I want to go see play, and uh, these boys are are are, uh, are on the list as well. And in the Mountain South Conference, number two singles went to Gavin Hammond and second, Yeti Irwan for doubles, Gavin Hammond and Jackson Remick. Anyone getting sick of hearing their names yet? And then second, going to Paul Alexander and Jim Bean. So uh, those those uh, Colorado boys, woof, they're always up there. Yeah, there's if there's anybody that's not sick of hearing their name, it's this guy. Yeah, that's right. This guy right here. <laughs> he, is not, he has been calling their names for a while now. True. So um, I know I'm he's, sick of he's them, fired up. I'm sick of them beating my ass, though. I'll tell you yeah. that. When they beat you, I'm tired of that. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, no, I, I think I think same kind of same situation here where we're if we're looking towards in that Devin Keen manner, looking towards a pro prospects for next season, you know, those two Gavin Hammond, Jackson Remick, you know, right up there. Um, don't know their exact age. So age will certainly probably play a factor if they're under 18, but certainly someone that we got to keep our eyes on, but you know, I I'll let Anthony keep talking about that. Uh, me, I how about Yeti? 
Yeti. Yeti Irwan. I mean, just going through it, a gauntlet. I'm telling you, she's going to be up there again this year. She may be, you know, I'm not sure if she's quite ready to challenge Cheyenne for that number one spot, but I don't think there's any reason why she can't be challenging for that number two. Yeah, Anthony. Yeah, Hammond with the with the sweep doesn't surprise me. Um, going through Yeti in that singles final for the conference. Uh, yeah, and Yeti looking good too. I mean, she goes through a BJ Taurus and a Paul Alexander. Paul Alexander, a high PPR guy. This is a 10-plus guy through a tournament. BJ Taurus is going to dirty up the board. So she's showing she could win in both styles of game. So I think Yeti is going to be nice coming in. Um, but you mentioned uh, Hammond and Remick, both high school national champs. Um, getting that that doubles win um, and went through Paul Alexander and Jim Beam. Uh, Jim Beam, probably the best airmailer in Colorado, taking second in the doubles. But yeah, right now the, the high schoolers reign in the in the Mountain South. And it's funny because you get through the, the, the two high school kids and there's like a list of seven 40-year-olds that are like right behind them going, damn it. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> it's always the kids. No doubt. All right, next up, we've got a preview of pro singles for the 2023 kickoff battle happening in Corpus Christi, Texas. We have been waiting and waiting and waiting for this first national. Can't believe it's almost here. Uh, super, super pumped. Trey, what are your thoughts? It's here. It's well, almost here. It's almost here. <laughs> yeah, it's almost here. I mean, geez, we've been... It just felt even longer just because we, you know, the way the schedule moved out and moved that first national from February, end of January, all the way to first week in April. And you're like, oh my gosh, is they were going to get here. So um, no, it's just, it's just super cool, right? Um, super exciting. Another year of, of top of the line professional cornhole, three broadcasts that weekend. It's, it's going to be awesome. But um, yeah, I mean, storylines all over the place for me, so many, right? so um, many storylines, so many, maybe picking my favorites. I think number one, you start with number one, right? Mark Richards. Can he never have we ever seen some for, for just for the sake of the conversation, let's pretend some of the other quote dominant season that we've seen by pros in the past. Let's pretend they were on par with what Mark Richards did last year, which I would argue they are not, right? <laughs> but take that. Never have we seen someone be able to come even close to doing it twice. Mm -hmm. Look at the last time we probably saw it, and you're talking maybe Jamie Graham 2020. And in 2021, he finished the year in the 20s. I believe he was 25th, his final ranking after that dominant season, right? The odds tell us you can never do that twice, right? So one of the big question marks for me is how close to that season, last season that Mark had, does he get this year? Does he get, does he win a national? Does he win multiple? Does he just continue right where he left off? I mean, that's the big question mark for me for Mark Richards as we go into this season. Um, hey, Trey, though, in 2021, were you putting Jamie Graham at, like, top three still? Like, with that season, were you putting him in your rankings top three? 100%. Going into yeah. the season? For yeah, sure. Going in. For oh, sure. Yes. Now, oh, yes. now, once we got halfway through the year, I probably would have changed my mind at that point. But going into it, that's what was that was our level of expectation, which I think made it interesting. Um, yeah. 
So then aside from that, it's then my second probably favorite storyline of, of the year is rookies, right? Who's this year's rookie of the year, right? Um, last year, you know, we had such a fun, you know, class of rookies because they were just so stacked. I mean, you talk about Richards and Rawls and, you know, even Hicks and the Gores and all these different guys that it just – made it so fun and exciting. So this year, how do you follow up with that, right? And I think it's headlined mostly by two really sensational rookies with with a couple like right on their tails. I mean, Fisher Hamilton and Ryan Wiedenfeld are going to make this a really exciting year for the rookie class this year. And the question is, how high can those guys go? And how high can those guys finish? I think that's something that's going to be super exciting to track all year long. Um there's endless, endless different storylines to target. Um, yeah. But those are probably my two favorites that I'm watching at least right out of the gate. There's certainly the, you know, the battle of the carpet bag versus the slinkies, you know, me versus Anthony, right? Like that kind of thing. But um, I just can't wait to see what Richards can do following this season and what uh, the, the rookies will, will bring to the table this year. I'm so curious to see Emily Downer and Lexi Hugeback. Like just because we have, yeah. I'm so curious what they're going to do. I feel like there's a lot of hype behind them because of how they've played in the past, but like, we just haven't seen anything from them this season and, and then Lexi coming off the injury. So I'm really interested in that team personally, Anthony, what do you have? Yeah. I'm just, <clears throat> just kind of putting some thoughts together here live, looking at this list. Uh, I just quickly highlighted, I got 43 storyline, 33, 43 people quickly that I have a storyline against. That's so, yeah, it. we could talk about this for an hour. Uh, but, yeah, kind of just scanning down some of them. Adam Hissner, I feel, is playing so well right now. Uh, his, cut back look, his cut bag looks better than I've ever seen it. He is one of those guys that plays one of the best dirty games without a roll bag because he has such a good side-by-side, -side, because he has such a good cut and a good airmail. He probably plays one of the best dirty games without a roll bag. Alec Ryan was on our threatening the top 10 at the beginning of the season. What does he look like coming out at national number one? Uh, he kind of made that run at the end of the last season's pro division. Does that continue into the front? I'm definitely got my eye on him. Alex Hicks, of course, is going to be a, a, a one for me just from a, I want the nation to see this guy, um, this kid. He's just so damn talented. Really hoping he gets his, his national level broadcast on ESPN in a pro event, uh, a national event, if you will. Um, Alan Rawls, does he take over the number one spot? There's a whole storyline there who he kind of was that second place guy all season, really under the radar, finished unbelievably, came out his rookie season, had a blowout season as well, um, just kind of undershadowed by what Mark Richards did, but he he played so well. Does he take over the number one spot? Carson Getty could come in and blow us all away and end up a top 10 guy. So really going to be following him. Bubenheim has been working so hard trying to change your game, mixing up bags, saying, I'm not okay with 17th. I'm not okay with 21st in the world. I want to be top 10, so I'm going to mix up things and see what I could do. There's a whole storyline behind her. Cody Henderson has a storyline. Derek King been working on his singles game a lot. The mental side of the game, he's coming in pretty strong. Devin Harbaugh has a whole storyline behind him. Does he come out? He's probably the hottest player in the game right now. Does he come out and win the first national or does or or does does that not happen? We all expect him to come out and be on TV. Ian Cripps has a storyline against him. Um, the ladies, Downer and Hugeback. 
What does the women's division look like sprinkling in these two dirty style players? We need that in the women's division. I'm really excited to see how, how they mix it up. Uh, man, there's so many. Kyle Malone. Also, Kyle Malone or Devin Harbaugh? Who's the hottest player in the game right now? That's what I was going to say. That was If I had to look for a third storyline that I'm personally looking for, it's like it's that breakout player, and it's specifically looking at Devin Harbaugh and Kyle Malone, right? How do those two guys in particular respond to all this, this huge wave of momentum that they're experiencing, and can they, can, can they continue that momentum? Because – in the past, they just haven't had those single signature victories, and they both just got one. One got it in the open, one got it in the shootout, right? But now, can you do it at the biggest possible stage, which is a national event? No doubt, no doubt. Um, Matt Guy is another storyline. Just because we expect him to win every single event, where's Matt Guy? Does he come out and win the first national again and say, guys, hey, this isn't a popularity contest. This is a cornhole contest. I should be at the top of the list. Um, some of the double stuff, Modlin and Bubenheim, really excited to see what, what they can do. The West, who is the best player out of the West? What, what, is the West going to make a run? Like, where is the West? I want to see the West just challenging top tens, singles and doubles. I, I don't know, Trey, like, if you were to say who's, who's going to come out in National 1 and have the best finish out of the West, who would it be? Uh, I, I could give you, I'll give you a wild card answer and I'll give you like a, a safer answer. Like okay. my safer answer would probably be, I'll go with Moses Sesueda as yep. my kind of safe. And if I'm going for someone that's a wild card, like, I don't know what we're going to get out of Vincent Frisch, but like, we know the upside is there, right? Yes. So the upside Vincent Frisch delivers, keep in mind, he also has to get through the PDC, which you know, I think if he's a top-level player, he should be able to get through. And then once he does that, he's going to have to fight through the rest of the crowd. So that's – I don't know. That that would be interesting to see. I would I would have said the exact same too. So that's what's so cool is this, you didn't say Zaft. You didn't say Hadley. You didn't say Valdivia. Ty Lopez, who killed it at Worlds. You didn't say any of those names. I, I'm with you. I, I don't know what we're going to get out of the West. So that is a big storyline for me uh, at national number one. But Misha, I could keep going. Make me stop. <laughs> All right. Well, we have to stop because it's time to bring on our interview, our guest today. Um, so without further ado, we're going to bring on Brandon Brown, otherwise known as the Canadian donkey. Uh, welcome, Brandon, to the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? I haven't heard the Canadian donkey. I've heard of the donkey, but I haven't heard of the Canadian donkey yet. <laughs> it was just the donkey originally, but then when I went down to the first Worlds two years ago, Everybody started calling me the Canadian donkey. Well, the Gore's dad and Jason McKenna, I was in the finals of the bracket. And while I'm throwing, they're yelling that out every bag. So it's, it's dead silent for everybody else. But as soon as I'm about to throw a bag, Canadian donkey. And then, and then, we, uh, then I said, okay, I'll keep it like that. So if we have to get specific for Canadian donkey, does that mean there's another donkey out there? Is there an American donkey? No, there's a mini donkey though. There's, there's a, a mini donkey up here. Yes, <laughs> plays the same style. Uh, he's only been playing for about six months, but he likes to bang airmails too. So it's a it's a, uh, it's growing a lot up here with a lot of people. Is is the the is the story behind being called donkey P, at least PG or PG thirteen or is this a rated R story? Can I no, ask no, what's the, a, what the? It's PG. So. 
Okay. I love, I love Donkey Kong. Like I've always loved Donkey Kong growing up. So that I have socks and underwears and wow. pants and hats and like toys everywhere. And then I was doing my first ever virtual uh, event at one of my buddies' place. And while I'm doing it live, he's hooked up to the speaker and he yells, let's go, you donkey, but the bad version of it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so then all the comments were just that, oh, you're a donkey, donkey. So then it just kind of stuck after that. I said, okay, I'm going to go with it. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize this was a cornhole nickname. I thought you yes. had this. That is funny. Yeah, no. Oh, all great. my other sports, like, because I'm from the East Coast, so it's either new for Coast or my last name, Brown. Uh, donkey is just cornhole nickname. Well, I, and apparently I remember last season, Trey, you talked about how the Canadians had the best nicknames. Yes. Yeah, that is true. That is, I do remember that, right? There's many, I mean, you guys got them all up there. So we need to start stealing that energy. We need to come up with better nicknames for our guys uh, down here. So, um, but yeah, Brandon, I, I you know, I, as we get into it, you know, one of the things I mentioned at the beginning of the show was that the evolution of Canadian cornhole, right? Can you, can you speak to rewinding last year to where we were going into this event and now comparing it to where we are this year in the state of Canadian cornhole? Can you sum that up for us? Yes. Uh, so when I first started, uh, it was uh, COVID 2020 September was my first event. I showed up with uh, corn filled bags, not knowing that there's different types of bags and there was like one tournament every five, six months, like one tournament where you had people coming from hundred kilometers or I don't know, maybe 70 miles. I don't know the translation for you guys uh, away. And now we, I, we have tournaments right now from starting this weekend all the way to August. I have two free weekends because it's all cornhole now. Every there's, I would say when I first started, maybe there was two or three leagues. Now I would say it's close to the hundreds, if not like high hundreds, because all over Canada now, Newfoundland took off, uh, BC, Winnipeg, even Ontario. Ontario, we have different pockets. So you have Kitchener-Waterloo, who were the original uh, originators of it. Now you have Peterborough, who's picking it up, Niagara Falls, you have uh, Barrie, so everybody's coming together now and just growing this sport because once COVID hit, there was nothing else to do. Hockey got shut down. Baseball got shut down. Any other sports, but you could still play this because you throw a bag while the person's 10 feet away. Now he comes up and you can walk away. So everybody just, and you, to be honest, you can drink during this game. Not many other sports you can do that. And I know because I used to play hockey and get kicked out of games because the water bottle would be filled with beer and all of a sudden the ref grabs it. All right, guys, whose is this? And he knows it's mine. He'd be like, Brandon, are you going to say it's yours? And I was like, okay, uh, it's mine. And so I kept getting kicked out because you're not allowed to drink and play. But this, you can drink and have a great time. And we're not at the point where, like, we're still behind you guys, but we're getting there. So we're still having more fun with it then I would say some of the American pros, like when they're going to every event, they're going, I need to finish first at this event. I'm going hard, whether it's a, a charity event, a local event, a regional, anything. Where with us here, we do take it that, but we're still having more fun at these events. People are having drinks. There's music. People are talking while you're throwing and nobody's getting mad because it's not in a negative way. Nobody's trying to jinx you. 
they're just so happy to be there. So you said it, you said, um, you know, you guys are a, a little bit behind. You were probably the most traveled player out of Canada. At least I saw you at every national that I was at. How would you compare, like, what does that look like? If you talk about, you know, where America is at in the, in the game and then you say, okay, here's where Canada is at. What does that look like when you compare the two? I would say last year it was night and day. Um, we weren't even on the radar uh, of how far behind we were from you guys, where our best PPRs, I would say, were you're looking at a high seven, low eights, where that's your intermediate level pretty much over there when I went over to the Worlds, uh, because that was the first tournament I ever went to outside of Canada was the Worlds. And I remember the intermediate finals, they threw a low nine. And I was like, are they sandbagging? Like, how can you throw a low nine in intermediate if that's supposed to be between five and six going by the, the when you guys write, okay, between this, five and seven, intermediate, seven and eight, competitive, eight, nine, advanced, nine and higher, open. So when I saw that, it opened up my eyes saying, okay, I need to come back here and help everybody get better. It's what I try to do here is I try to make everybody around me better because if they get better, that means I have to get better. I'm not one of those players that are just going to sit in the corner and not try to help people because, okay, I could win the tournament throwing an eight average, but I go over there and I finish dead last. So, but now there's so many good players here. Now we're all throwing higher PPRs, which is helping when we go over to the States to play against the top players or high level advanced players. What would you say is the confidence level of like when you come into these events in the States versus Canada, like because you guys are technically behind I and mean, you're all catching up now, but can, do you go in with confidence even knowing that you're a little later to the game? Yes. Uh, every tournament I go to, I expect to win, whether it's in the States or here. Um, I've always been a confident person when it comes to sports. Uh, I've, I've played high level sports in ball hockey and dodgeball and stuff like that. So the pressure isn't, doesn't get to me. Alcohol helps with that as well, where you just, I turn my brain off when, if I don't drink, I suck. But if I have a couple beers, it makes me not try. Well, let me try to block and then cut three bags. Now I'm just put it in the hole, hit the airmail, just do the simple shots. I don't try to try too much when like I am sober where I'm trying to now, if I'm playing, say you, Anthony, I'm like, okay, he likes to roll bag. So he likes to go to the right side. I'm going to try to put the block there when I'm drinking, depending on how you're playing, I'll just go back for bag for a bit. And then I'll throw a block in. Then maybe I'll try a cut on a different thing to try to mentally mess with your head now, because a lot of people now they are worried about their PPR. When I first started playing, everybody was, Blocking and rolling bags two years ago in the States. That's all. I, the first time I saw it, I was like, how, how did you do that? Like, I just was slided in or hit the air mill. Now, right. nobody cares about that game anymore. It's, well, I threw a 10 PPR. I'd rather throw an 8 PPR and win than have to play 120 rounds four <laughs> games in a row. I, I'm not young. I can't, I can't throw that many bags and be okay by the finals. Like, maybe these young kids can, but... I want to get maximum points. So if you're missing a bag, then I'm going to try to put a block out because even if I miss my block, we can still wash on tents. But if I put that perfect block and you go for the air miller cut, I might be able to get extra points and end it quicker before like a Mark Richards, Mark Richards. I've seen him down so many times, but he always comes back and wins the later the game goes. 
So if they had to get earlier points when they could have, maybe he doesn't have that chance to get hot and come back. I feel that. Hey, yeah, I got a question. I was going to say, go, go ahead, Anthony. All right. So I'm looking at this list, right? I've got hundreds of names here. Most of them I don't recognize. Give, give me some donkey picks. Give me a singles, a singles player I should be watching out for this weekend and a doubles team, and then I'll follow up next week with kind of a recap of their journey. Who should I be watching on singles and doubles? Okay, well, I'm going to break it down from the East Coast to where we are because it's – like I can't – I don't see a lot of the East Coast players because it is quite far away. But Dion Kuza, he's a beast out there. He he plays that straight slide in the whole game. So, like, if you're going to have to hit stuff and block him and do a lot of things to beat him. Otherwise, he's just going to throw a, a high 9, 10 PPR. Okay. So, he's, he's ready to go bag for bag with you. Uh, I would say in Canada here, like, obviously, you guys know the PDC players. I'm not going to pick them. But I would say there there's a couple names to watch out for. Uh, Dave uh, Dunlop. Uh, Glenn McNutt, these are two guys that they play together as a team, but they're always going against each other, so it's always making their game get better. So they always have a great player to throw against, whereas some of the other leagues, you might have one or two good players, but they always somehow are, are against each other. So I would say Dave McNutt, uh, Dave Dunlop, Glenn McNutt would be the ones to watch out for here to make a good run, and Dion Kuza from Newfoundland. Got it. And, yeah, and and Dunlop and McNutt are partners. I can see. And so they're, they're, and they're partners. So I would gotcha. I would say for them as partners as well because they have really good chemistry. Copy that. And Dion Kuz's PPR at regional events and higher this season across all events nine point four five. Wow, that's that's better than the average right now in yes. in, in the pro divisions. That's really good. That is really, really good. good. Now I don't know what style game he's playing, but that's really good regardless. He just yeah. he's just slides it in. He he just doesn't want to play the messy game. He wants to put it in. He's been working okay. on his airmails. He's been working on everything else. But you want to go bag for bag for him. Know that you're going to go at least thirty rounds if you're playing good. <laughs> yeah. So you go a nine four with a, yeah. As I was say, go you go ahead, a nine go four with a slide game. You, you're top hundred. Yeah. You go if you're Eric Davis with a nine four, you're winning the tournament. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's the difference in play that you get. So good to know. So last question, Brandon, because I know Michelle wants us to get out of here. Um, can you sum up what the vibe is from the Canadian players? All everybody that's traveling into town, not the Americans, but the Canadian players as we head into this this event. It, it is crazy. Everybody's been talking about this for the last month. Well. Longer than that because we didn't have a date. So everybody's asking me all the time, when is it? When is it? When is it? And I'm like, guys, you guys know the same as I do. It's not like I get a special message from Trey Ryder saying, hey, shh, don't tell anybody. It's going to be on this date. <laughs> you guys get the same information I get. But everybody's looking forward to it this year, especially because there is no more restrictions at the border. You don't have to be vac- uh, vaccinated. So a lot more American pros are coming. A lot more American players are coming. So Everybody here, we are still fans of the game. Like like myself, every time I get to see all the pros, I'm, I'm a fan of theirs. Like every night, me and Tracy still, I still watch Jordan Powers throw. I still watch uh, Jamie Graham throwing in his little barn area there with the dog always going in the way. Like I love this game, and that's how everybody is here now. Everybody's watching. Everybody can't look. This event next year will be even better. It's only going to grow here because of how much everybody's sacrificing and putting in into it to help grow the game. 
All our directors are killing it. They're they're communicating with each other, making sure that we don't have tournaments on the same weekend like we did last year. Last year, there would be three regionals on one day. So now you have to pick, but now they're all watered down. This year, now every regional, you're getting 10 to 15 great players coming to it. So now at the Open, everybody wants to see now all this work from the last year, how it translates to the Americans, how they're how we're going to stack up. Who's going to be the best Canadian like you guys? We talk about this all the time. Who do we think is going to be the best Canadian? Who do you think is going to win it? Who? Um, what What do you expect from it? I, I tell everybody, expect three things. To have a great time. If you don't drink, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the third thing is you're going to see amazing cornhole. You're going, like, you're going to see shots that are the second game of rounders and you're watching it and they're hitting air mails and cut shots. And you're like, I thought I only see this on TV, but you're going to see that throughout the tournament instead of just in the finals. So yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great time. We can't wait to get there. Brandon, it's been awesome uh, getting to spend some time with you. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much for, for joining us. Thanks for having me guys. See you, man. Thanks Brandon. See ya. All right. It's time for buy or sell. I'm going to read something. You guys let me know. Buy or sell. The first one, and we're going to kind of go rapid fire here. Uh, Jordan Power will win at least singles, doubles, or a blind draw in Niagara Falls. Sell. Ooh. I, I, it's too much, too much, too much field. Yeah, I agree. He's coming in hot, but it's a testament to who he's playing. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of competition. Now, there's five guys, in my opinion, that can win this thing. So a one in five shot, I got to sell. I got to sell. <laughs> Isabella well, he has a great partner. He's got a great partner, I'll say. So he's got a good shot at doubles. Okay. Uh, Isabella Soprenant will win women's singles in Niagara Falls. You know what? I'm going to buy. I will buy this because there's only the, the Bella Soprenant has won the second most open events on when it comes to women's singles, only behind Cheyenne. So for her okay. to win this, I'll buy it. All right, Anthony. I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree. I'm going to buy as well. You got Coy, Erwan, Finley, Duel, Coy, Pratt. Uh, I think she's at the top of the list. This girl's grinding nonstop. I want to buy it. I'll buy it. Okay. Jeremy Shermerhorn and Joe Neistead will win doubles at the uh, Canadian Open. Buy or sell? Ooh, this is, yeah, this is tougher. I'm going to sell for the same reason I would sold on power. Again, if I got five chances, like Anthony said, and, and I got to pick one of them, I'm gonna sell. If you made me pick, I'd probably go. I'd probably go in a different direction anyway. So I'll, I'm I'm gonna go sell. Okay, Anthony. I'm buying a bracket final, uh, but I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna sell as well. Just too much, too much other talent in the field. Got it. Devin Harbaugh's the best player in the world today. That's a bold <laughs> statement. Um, I'm probably gonna sell it just because I think he's top five. I still think. You know, yes, we got a lot of recency bias right now. I love that he's throwing it there. Um, I still think he got a battle back and forth between Richards and Rawls. I'm going to sell. Okay, Anthony. D did we forget about Kyle Malone already? Like, like I can't, I can't <laughs> forget about on. Kyle Malone. One of the best <laughs> in the world. Absolutely. Look, look at this from this weekend. Real quick, Mish. That Ryan Smith match, I pulled it up. A 52-round match. Devin Harbaugh versus Ryan Smith. Devin Harbaugh threw a 10-9-2 over 52 rounds. Ryan Smith throws a 10-8-8 over 52 rounds and loses. Unbelievable. Loses. Uh, I got to sell, though. 
You got Mark Richards, who's turning it on. Alex Rawls remains consistent. Matt Guy is overlooked. Devin Harbaugh and Malone, also one of the hottest players in the game right now. But I got to sell. There's, there's just too much going on. Last one. Trey and Shelby Ryder will go to Disney World at least four times this year. They've already I been. I know. I time. didn't write this. Sell. Okay. Oh, I'm buying. Sell, sell, or I'll sell my house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you heard it here. All right. What's your Uh, hot take, Trey? uh, Hot take. I'm going to go top 10 finish by the Canadian Dion Cusa at the the ACL Canada Open. So Canadian sneaks into the top 10 there, and uh, I'm giving it to Cusa. I like that PPR. Caught my eye. All right, Anthony. I kind of foreshadowed a little earlier. I went Joe K to win singles last week. I'm going to go with the doubles hot take. It's a pro plus an amateur, an amateur not well-known. Ryan Smith coming in hot with Jamie Fincham going to win doubles at the Open. I'm going on the female side. I'm going Yeti Irwan takes down women's at the Canadian Open. That's all we got time for. Uh, So we'll see you guys all next time. Thanks for joining us.